You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with the most visionary humans on this earth in hopes that you'll be able to absorb their wisdom, avoid their failures, and feel less alone on the roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship. This season, I'll be chatting with creative thinkers, masterful marketers, brick and mortar shop owners, brand builders, and people just like you who have a story to share or a vision that inspires. If I can share one quick secret with you before we get into the episode, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. You know, that spark that nudges us to pursue our full potential in this lifetime. But perhaps somewhere along the line, it got covered up. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to explore that inner voice and access the brilliance deep down inside of you. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Hey, visionaries. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited today to be interviewing Geraldine Power. Geraldine has actually been a business mentor for me for many, many years. In one of my first businesses, I met her and I always loved her blend of teachings as they married the more strategy and the, you know, the typical business growth concepts, but she always infused spirituality, masculine, feminine, and this concept that we talk a lot about today, the being versus the doing. Let me say that again, the being versus the doing. I am totally a doer. That's why this concept, as you'll hear in this episode, really hits home for me and is something I need to sit with. So if you're not familiar with Geraldine, she is a mother of three. She lives in rural Ontario. She loves homeschooling and working from home, raising her chickens as well. And in addition to having her own spiritual coaching practice, she is also training with the Priestess Presence Temple and the School of Sacred Arts. So she has a lot going on. But Geraldine's journey did not start this way. She actually began her journey as a police officer. So something radically different from where she is today. So we actually touch on her journey into the police force, why she ultimately exited after five years, how it felt going from that career path into holistic education and spirituality, and really some of the fear that she had to navigate and how she handled it as she made such a massive leap. In addition, in this episode, we are talking about the balance of the masculine and the feminine. We do a lot of chatting about seasonal living principles, so how we are meant to flow with the seasons and why this is actually important for entrepreneurs. I think you're really going to love this concept, and that's one of the reasons why I brought her onto the show. And also, we talk about why there is such a difference between how women live in Canada and the U.S. in North America versus how they're currently living in places like Scandinavia. So fascinating concepts today. I really hope you love the episode. If you want to get in touch with Geraldine or learn more about her work, I will link all of her stuff in the show notes. And if you love this episode, the best way to support it is to just take a quick screenshot share it on Instagram stories, or just open your Spotify or your Apple and leave us a rating or a review or both. So I hope you enjoy and I will catch you in the next episode. Hey, Visionary, I want to quickly interrupt this episode to ask you if you've been curious what it's like to work with a private business and marketing coach. If you're a business owner and you feel like your marketing plan is all over the place, you haven't figured out your search engine optimization or your SEO strategy, you have no idea what your social media marketing plan is, and you are not doing so well on the self-express content front, I call these the marketing trio. It's the three S's, SEO, social media, self-express content. And by dialing in all three of these pillars, you too can get more visible, generate more income and increase your lead generation where you're actually turning your followers into paid clients. And you're constantly bringing new people in at the top of the funnel. If you're not familiar with my work, I am a private business and marketing coach, and I have spent the last 13 years working in the marketing industry, many of those years doing consulting with clients like you who want to finally get more visible and get in front of their dream clients. So when we work together, you have me for four months as your marketing partner. I'm going to do a full audit of your business 
put you on a private project management software with me. And then based on your innate skill sets, based on your strength, based on where you are curious and where your dream clients are paying attention, we're going to build out a custom marketing strategy. We're going to track it. We are going to optimize it. And by the end of the four months, you have a plan that works and you're seeing results. It's truly incredible. Christina Crook just landed a $100,000 consulting contract after implementing just one of my marketing strategies. Emily Fraser signed multiple new clients in one day after just one month of working with me. And now she is having consistent five-figure months. And Natasha, she started leveraging her email list in December. And 30 days later in January, she pulled in $25,000 from one single email that we created. So these results are possible for you too, but don't sign up yet. Just head to KelseyRidal.com and check out how we can work together, learn all about it, make sure you feel informed. And if you'd like to book a discovery call with me, just fill out the application on my website. We can get on the phone and see if it's a good fit for you. So anyways, I don't want to interrupt this episode anymore. I cannot wait to work with you to support you and getting you more visible and let's get back into the show. Sherilyn, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm so excited to sit down with you today and officially record an episode. We've obviously been chatting back and forth. You did a training inside of the Visionary Method that was so well received. But today it's going to be you and I diving into a topic that I know you are super passionate about, which is seasonal living. But before we dive into all of that goodness, I kind of want to begin in the present. So you recently moved to rural Ontario. You're raising your kids, raising chickens, I believe you shared. You're homeschooling, working from home. I would love to know, to set the stage, was this the life you always dreamed of creating or was this vision planted as life unfolded? It definitely was not the vision. Um it definitely was not the vision. So first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And it was so great to speak to your to your crew. And there were many women specifically who reached out to me after I chatted with your visionary life community. And I think the biggest thing that they shared was that um, they too are also shifting in their in their lifestyles right now and making bigger changes or they seek to make bigger changes. And I, there was a handful of people who said, you know, whenever a woman shares that they are also making these changes, they feel less alone. And so that's why I'm so inspired to talk about seasonal living and some of these, what can appear to be radical changes, but they're really not when you zoom, like when you zoom into the micro of it. Um, so for me, I, I was raised by a very like typical, liberal, um, wonderful father, but very like follow the rules, go to school, get a degree, get a good job, like make sure you're safe. Right. And my dad had nine brothers and sisters and all of them are pretty, or all of them, I should say, followed pretty like traditional pathways. They're either, you know, school teachers or writers. Um, my dad was a store manager at Sears for many years. And so I followed this very traditional path that was shown to me. And probably in my late 20s, early 30s, I started to question it. And I started to think about becoming a mother one day. And I started to wonder what life would be like because I was a police officer at the time. And I started to wonder, like, if both my husband and I are police officers, which he was as well, how are we supposed to navigate shift work and really this very masculine profession, <clears throat> which requires a lot from you physically, mentally, well, getting up at night and nursing a child, or I, I just started thinking about all of these things. 
And so it's been a slow um, unwinding over the years, but essentially what I've realized for me and what I think many people are, are returning to in the times that we're in is it's this internal search for our true essence. Like, who are we really when we kind of take away some of those perceptions or some of those um, ways of being that we observed in childhood, when we take away the example that we even see in our specific country, it's so interesting to see how people, families, women live in Canada and the US versus the Scandinavian countries or women in Europe. I'm really obsessed with following European women on Instagram right now because it's so funny to see their life. It's very different. So to answer your question, I just wanted to give a little kind of backdrop, but no, I never thought I would be living in small town, rural Ontario with chickens and homeschooling and like quitting my government job and and being an entrepreneur. It's been an unwinding process over the last 12 years, but it really started with this question of like, what is that that essence of who I'm here to be as a woman and as a mom and that curiosity and and really entering the mystery of that and and which is what I do now as a spiritual coach. I've really come out of the closet as like a spiritual coach, really holding the container for women to explore that mystery and that question. And so for me, it's led us here. And for other people, it might look different. Um, but no, that was not always the path. Mm-hmm. That was not the path that was taught, that was shown. And I think we'll get into a lot of the reasons and just those catalytic moments of why you are now living the life you live through these concepts that we're exploring. I have a couple things I want to go a little deeper or double click on based on what you just shared. Number one, I just need to know what are those main differences that you're seeing between how women are operating in Canada mm-hmm. and in the US versus how you're seeing them maybe operate in Scandinavian countries or maybe even like South America, Central America. I'd love to know just high level one or two of the things that you're like, that's very different. Okay. Yes. So, oh man. And there's a book that talks about French parenting actually. And the the name is skipping me, but if you, you, if you even just do an Amazon search, yes. um, you'll find it. And it's about how women do parenting there, which is very different. So here we're much more rooted in the masculine. So what I teach in my coaching practice is that we are made up of the masculine and the feminine, and we need both. And this isn't to make one bad or wrong or to, you know, we need the integration of both, but the way that our world functions politically from a government standpoint in the U.S. and Canada it's, it can be almost like this hamster wheel living. Like I have to, you know, drive myself this way in my business. And, um, I mean, even, even in the U S I, I think, I mean, don't new mothers still only get like six weeks. Yeah. Three uh, months, I think. Like it's, it's absolute insanity. So we're expected to just drop everything and go back to work. Um, there's, just this feeling of having to constantly drive forward and do before be. And so the main shift that I see with European women, and I'm sure it's not all, but definitely you see it in some cities, is that their life revolves around being first and then the doing. So you'll see them go out for lunch and they have a coffee and a scone and Like they don't need to go do a HIIT workout after because they had a scone. Like they just eat the scone and they'll push their babies in the strollers outside. Um, In Scandinavian countries, they'll actually leave them outside, which here you would never see that. Would you ever see a baby stroller with a baby just like chilling? So they actually believe, and the science shows this, that breathing in the cold air, of course, the babies are wrapped up and ton of warm blankets and they're good. But breathing in the cold air is actually really great for the respiratory system. And so they'll leave their babies outside and you'll see pictures of like rows of them and then they'll go in and have lunch and there's no 
The second difference is they don't have this overarching experience of like fear. Here in Canada, we would be like, oh my God, somebody's going to steal the baby or that can't be good for our attachment or that can't be good for this. Or that. Like there would be something that somebody would have to say about it. Whereas there, there's just this commitment to being. And it almost feels like when you look at the family unit as well, there's an overarching theme of everybody in the ecosystem of the family deserves to be supported, nurtured, including the mother. Um, everyone deserves to feel safe. Everyone deserves to feel loved. Whereas here, I think we just, we, we mess that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's too much of this, like the masculine can take the lead a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And I'm excited to even just dive into that more on my own time. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners are very curious as well. But let's kind of get back to you mentioned that your initial career was as a police officer. Mm -hmm. And you made a shift into holistic education and spirituality. And it is my best guess based on the audience I know listens that a lot of them are actually in that initial career path that they set off on in their 20s, but they're no longer feeling like it is their calling or the vocation they want to continue on with. But like you mentioned, there's this download of fear. Well, how am I going to possibly leave this path for something else? Or what will my parents think? Or imagine telling my partner that I want to give up the career as a police officer and go pursue something completely different. How did you really honor the fact that you were no longer feeling called to stay on as a police officer? And how did you navigate the fear or did you have any in making such a huge transition that I think a lot of people are currently stuck in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such um such a juicy question. And I think for me, I mean, if I was working with a client right now who was coming to me with that, I would, and this is, you know, I'm gonna speak from this the spiritual perspective because that's what I do. So in the priestess lineage, which is basically like school of the divine feminine, it's like woman church. Okay. What we teach and believe is that everyone has their own specific curriculum to walk here on earth. And we teach and believe that in a way it's all been sort of pre-designed and Essentially, you have to become, the first step I would say is you have to become comfortable enough to hold yourself, midwife yourself through the curiosity of perhaps why you're not feeling unfulfilled, right? Like we can't skip the steps here. That's typically why our path maybe led us to a place of unfulfillment is we've been going a hundred miles an hour. And so instead we need to slow down and really enter the mystery of our life, even if we're unsure of where it leads. That's essentially what the priestess lineage teaches is, can we feel safe enough to enter the mystery, because really what's happening, if we look at it through the spiritual lens is, I don't, I don't know why this example is coming to me, but it's kind of like a woman in labor. So when a woman enters into labor, she has absolutely no choice, but to journey down and in to deep presence within her body. And she just has to ride those waves, the contractions, the pain, but also the bliss of like, I worked nine months to build this life. And at some point I'm going to meet my baby. And when I see someone who is facing that crossroads where they're starting to realize that they're wanting to make a shift or a change it's a rebirth moment 
right? And it's filled with like, just like a woman in labor or a woman who's carried a child, it can be filled with bliss and excitement for the new, but also fear. Like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to birth this baby out? Or how am I going to birth this new version of myself? What does this even, what does this even look like? And so that's what I had to do for myself was really like a midwife, you know, like a midwife holding space for a woman in labor. The midwife's job is to be hands-off and to just don't touch unless you need to. We are innately wired to know what to do, right? Which is a very actual, um, it's, it's a, it's a seasonal living principle that like nature knows what to do. Women know how to give birth. We also know how to shift, uproot, and change our lives. We know. We know. And for some people, it might be quick. Some women have labors that are two hours. Some women have labors that are two days. So for me, when I was in that time of transition, I had to midwife myself, hold myself. Because lots of people look at you, you know this, like like you're freaking weird. So it's a, it's a midwifing and a holding of yourself through the emotions, through the ups and downs, through the curiosity. And through that openness... I believe is when mama universe will then come in and be like, okay, here's the business idea, or here's the next step. Here's after we've maybe processed some of that grief around, like, you know, in my example, holy smokes, I went to school for a job and I worked a job for five years that it was a total mistake. <laughs> there's grief <laughs> around that. Yeah. There's, there's stuff that comes up. So holding ourselves through that and also, when it comes to expressing to your partner or whoever, leading with that vulnerability, I think, is the most powerful thing we can do. Leading with wherever your curiosity took you. So in my case, it was leading with stories to my husband around, holy, holy crap, babe, like I realized I have followed this path because tra, 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 right? And that vulnerability, I mean, if you're with somebody who has an open heart, and, you know, is really open to holding space for your highest path and your highest, your highest um, form of joy and fulfillment, they're going to listen. And I think a lot of us fear having those challenging conversations because we immediately convince ourselves that we're not worthy of being heard, but we are. So that would be my advice, mm -hmm. holding yourself through it and leading with that vulnerability when you're sharing with other people and then watch some of the awarenesses, insights, ideas that trickle in from that place. It's really accepting and owning our journey. Mm -hmm. Hey, visionaries, I wanted to interrupt this episode to actually share a pretty alarming statistic. So research actually shows that women-led businesses fail more often than our male counterparts. Oftentimes, that's because we don't have the necessary support, the predictable lifestyles, and sometimes that's because we try to do it all and be it all, when in reality, life sometimes has other plans. Has that ever happened to you? Well, that's why Emily and and I are putting together the Leap Mastermind. This is a weekly mastermind that provides ongoing support as you grow and maintain your successful business. And we are putting together a group of 16 women who are ready to grow in a group and a community. It's all about being around the right people, making new friends, finding new business partners who understand your challenges with running a business and building an epic life filled with freedom and joy and your version of balance. So what we're going to offer is guidance and expertise and accountability between Emily and I. We have coached thousands of women like you to not only drive more revenue into the business, but to adopt the right mindset to create whatever 
business and lifestyle you desire. We give you the space to dream. We give you the strategies to implement. And most of all, we give you 15 other women who are going to support you and who are going to make you feel way less alone on this journey. Now, right now we are not selling this publicly. So the only way to get more info, the only way to get more details is to either send me an email, hello at kelseyridle.com. Just say the word mastermind, or you can just quickly find me on Instagram at Kelsey Rydell. Send me a DM with the word mastermind. It is going to be a truly incredible space. We're going to meet every single Wednesday and we really can't wait to kick off and get things started as of beginning of May. So honestly, I mean, this is the mastermind that I've always wanted to be a part of. I've invested over $100,000 in masterminds before and I've really learned what works, what doesn't, what we need in order to succeed. And I can't wait to spill all the beans. So between Emily and I, she's a mindset coach. I'm a marketing coach. We have all the tools that they really don't teach you in school. You're so skilled at what you do, but did you ever really learn how to sell, how to promote your services, how to embody the physiology of success that's going to gift you with six-figure, seven-figure, maybe eight-figure salaries down the line? So that's it. Send me a DM on Instagram at Kelsey Rydell or email me hello at KelseyRydell.com. We are not promoting this publicly, so this is the only way to slide in. Yeah, and operating from this place because I know you said, oh, well, spent five years doing this. Like, what a mistake. Like, that's what we would tell ourselves, right? And we have this weird, I think it's called sunken cost fallacy. It's like, well, I've already sunk money and time and energy mm -hmm. into, in your case, becoming a cop even though yeah. you were probably in your mid twenties when you left, but we think because we sunk cost into it, that we just have to push through, just do that until you're 60 and retire. But it's like, wait, 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 <laughs> why are we telling ourselves this story that we're stuck in a path mm -hmm. that feels completely wrong for mm -hmm. us just because we invested time and money isn't the journey of life and what we're going to chat about today, seasonal living, like moving through the seasons and knowing hundred percent and not okay. just moving through seasonal living is not just moving through the seasons. It's moving through the ebb and flow of emotion. And the reason why people will tell themselves this story of, well, you know, it's just easier. I've invested all this time is because it's easier to tell yourselves that than to midwife and hold yourself through the grief the overwhelm, the, all of the stuff that we've stuck down. And initially when we have to face that, it's like opening up a, it's like opening up a closet where, you yeah. know, you've stuffed everything in and who wants to feel that. But what I help people see is that it, it does get easier and, um, seasonal living at its core is learning to ebb and flow with these cycles. Like we're supposed to we're supposed to feel to the depth of our being, especially as women and mothers. That's how we actually turn on our intuitive channels. That's how we open our heart deeper to unconditional love, to be able to hold such loving space for our children is because we are so in tune with our bodies, with our emotional centers, with all of these things. So if we just shut that off, and I think that's why my internal guidance system was roaring at me on the police force, because it was kind of like, girlfriend, hmm. <laughs> and I look at my life now and having three small children and, um, you know, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I had the willingness and people coached me through having the willingness to sit with that discomfort mm -hmm. because there's this new wave of conscious parenting too, where it's like, we're like, this is the first generation of children who are being allowed to feel their feelings. So we're also passing that on. So awesome. Yeah. And something you mentioned just before was we've been raised to go a hundred miles an hour and whether the person listening to this podcast is a business owner or working in the corporate world, I think what a lot of us were taught was like head down, just keep going. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. Don't, yeah. you know, like you don't want to lose that security, that safety, 
which actually kind of goes against seasonal living. So let's kind of go back to basics. So for the person who's never heard of seasonal living, and maybe they are the driven entrepreneur going 100 mm-hmm. miles an hour, can you define what seasonal living is and what some of the core principles are? And then we'll go a layer deeper and talk about each season. Sure. So seasonal living at its core is adjusting the way you live your life based on the natural rhythm of the seasons. So for example, winter is for resting, just like the animals go and hibernate in the winter. It sounds so simple, but it literally is so simple. Um, Spring is for planting seeds, just like we plant seeds in our garden. Even right now, you can start to feel it. Like in winter, when we're resting and dreaming, you start to get ideas and seeds, like little words of inspiration, or you'll start like you have been talking about, you start a meditation practice. It's actually a wonderful time to do a meditation practice in the winter to really sit, drop into presence, be with yourself, be with no, no, nothing, no goals, no expectations, just be. And then you start to notice these little words drop in or these little seeds of inspiration. And then spring is when it really starts to come to life. I can feel it. Like the last few weeks, I'm like, woo. Whereas the first few weeks of winter, I was very, um, I was in hibernation, man. Like, and, and as you adapt to more, as you slowly return to a more cyclical life, it's wild how year after year you become it even more. It is wild and you become more trusting of it. Anyways, I'm rambling. So winter is for hibernation, rest, dreaming. Spring is for the rebirth, planting new seeds. Summer is think like fun, full expression, joy. And then fall, of course, is the harvest. Also lots of ritual involved in fall. Think like Thanksgiving, um, family rituals. We're also kind of all redefining how we do these things too. And As society shifts to a more cyclical seasonal way of life, we're seeing more um, community care strategies pop up in terms of how we do holidays and make it less about consumerism and more about people and connection and storytelling and um, all of these things. Fall is a lot to do with reflection as well, like really reflecting on our year and thinking about how we can enter into that time of hibernation in the winter where we get still and we allow any changes that need to be made to drop in things like that so it just it flows just like nature does just like the trees fall or the leaves fall off the trees in the fall etc cetera, etc cetera. so you start to line up your life with that what would be i want to paint a picture almost of like the polar opposite that i think a lot of us are <laughs> We're living in it, but we're not aware of this concept of seasonal living or maybe haven't adopted it in our life. Can you share some examples of how the average entrepreneur or individual might be living in opposition to seasonal living? Like what would be some of those just things that they're doing that you would say that's not exactly congruent with the winter or with the summer? Well, yeah, that would be me eight years ago. I mean, I I just had no aware, like there's no awareness to any of this. Yeah. And even it's so interesting because again, I don't want to, I don't want to make this bad or wrong. Like I think there's actually a really powerful time to be in more of the masculine. And I use that term because seasonal living is more the feminine. So um, like Kelsey, I used to live so much in the masculine. I mean, I- I would host workshops for my community right away on January 1st, like get out your vision boards, people. It's January 1st when really it's not actually the best time to do that. The best time to do a vision board is in the spring and it's okay to jot down some words or a few images or whatnot, but you don't want to go crazy into planning January 1st. So I used to do that. I used to um, just work all the time. Um, yeah, like a nine to five, 40 hour structure probably of like, like anytime. Yeah. Like anytime I had a second, I was either working or I was working out or I was, I was just constantly going like constantly moving. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell one other quick story on this because it's so interesting. Then I had children and I was, I, my, my body was okay after my first baby. 
I felt okay. But then after the second and the third baby, again, I had to bring this curiosity to, oh boy, like what is the feminine trying to teach me? Because after about four months, my breast milk supply dried up. I didn't have any milk. And I started to go, I I started to realize, I think my, like my body's depleted from all of these years of pushing myself. And so this is what typically happens to people too, is they're kind of forced to slow down and forced to find and adapt some seasonal living principles. But anyways, I was chatting with a friend this week, who's a naturopath, and she was saying women in third world countries typically don't go through menopause and they don't get PMS like we do. And they get their moon cycle here. And I said, tell me why. And she said, because they don't live like we do here in the West. And so, um, what happens when a woman goes through menopause and she stops ovulating is that there's a shift that happens, obviously hormonally where, Certain hormones kind of shut off because you you don't need to ovulate anymore. And the adrenals take over for certain core functions in the feminine body. So she said women in the West who are so used to just driving forward at warp speed their whole life, when they hit menopause and their adrenals have to take over, if their adrenals have been maxed for years, that's where all of these symptoms start to come up in menopause, but women in third world countries don't get that because they just live a very different life. And I know they have their own struggles, but I just thought that was so fascinating. And so after I had my third baby, I was completely burnt out. And like I said, I didn't, I had barely no milk and I just thought, huh, I overdid it for years. And it was this very clear, like knock on the door that said, you have to slow down. you have to. So I don't feel like there's a clear answer to your question of like what it can look like because it's probably nuanced and it can look differently for everybody. But I think just even somebody who tends to work quickly or is in more of their masculine, that's okay. I just think having this awareness, having this awareness um, and just broadening that perspective, especially if you want to look at long-term health and longevity, if we want to have children, It's pretty wild. (laughs) It's such an interesting conversation because so much of what's being shared, especially in the entrepreneurial space and people starting businesses is like, follow this template or take my Mm -hmm. online course and people buy them. They invest so much of their own money into like buying gurus, whoever marketing guru number 40, their process And then they go through it and they kind of push themselves to think this should work for me. This should work for me. And then at a certain point, they might look up and realize I didn't get any results. And Mm -hmm. perhaps there's actually some self-inquiry that needs to happen there of like, first of all, is this the season for me to be activating this new strategy? Or is this my time to be going through, you know, this very intense marketing course and If not, then yeah, maybe there's just some self-reflection there of like, well, why am I doing this? And if I'm out of season, like, let's save it for later. Do you see that too? And like, how do you manage that energy of like, here's the process or the system you need to succeed versus I'm not in that season at this moment? Mm -hmm. It is, you know, it's hard right now for, I think women, especially navigating all of the horizontal information that's coming at us. And so mm. what I teach clients is like, let's not, let's not come at this from a place of fear or reaction where we're looking, you know, we're in the information age and you can find anything to help you grow your business right now. That is clearly not the problem. We have so much coming at us at the, at the horizontal. Can we be better boundaried? And I know you're so good at this. Like you talk about this a lot, not getting lost in the scroll hole on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. <laughs> I don't even have TikTok. TikTok goes so fast. I'm like, I don't know how y'all do this. This stresses me out just looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing that happens when you return to a more seasonal life is like you turn on an app like TikTok and you're like, ah, like you can't, your body won't even be able to handle it anymore. Yep. It's crazy. So what I teach people is 
we have to learn how to be first. And it's this shift to the vertical, like sitting in meditation every morning or having a practice where you connect to God or spirit or the universe or yourself or whatever, whatever that looks like for you. We have to connect with the land, go for a walk outside. For me, like I pitter patter around with my chickens and I'll take some time in the morning before my kids get up and it's connecting to the vertical first. And that directs my horizontal input. Like that directs what course I'm taking or what, whatever. And you'll start to feel it. You'll start to feel it when you're too much in the horizontal and you're operating from that place of like, I need to be doing this. or Like, you know, when that old way of being kicks in and it's totally a process, but that's essentially what I teach. We need to get back to the vertical and be first, then do. And I, some people I think can get a little bit I have to be careful, like triggered or scared when they hear me speak about this because they love their work. And what I want people to know is connecting with seasonal living and connecting with a more vertical approach to life. It's actually very action oriented. It's not like we're just sipping tea all day and doing nothing. It just, it looks very different. It it requires much more trust during the down seasons. It requires a level of creativity that comes from you, from, um, from source, from, oh my gosh, solutions for a better world. Like it's big, it's a big deal and it will look different, but it is very action oriented. I mean, Hey, I have a business. I homeschool. I have three kids. I'm not just like, you know, Mm -hmm. it just looks different. Mm -hmm. So for somebody who's maybe curious about, so we're recording this early February. So because we're kind of in that season of the deep winter, and I know this is probably more intuitive for someone like yourself who practices and kind of knows how to tune in to what you need and what your business needs. But for somebody, again, who's new to seasonal living and who just is loving this concept, what would some of the questions they should ask themselves in this season, what would they be? And maybe Mm. what does a typical question that you would ask yourself to set up your week for success while also honoring the seasonal principles. Mm, Okay. So kind of like if, when I'm sitting with myself, yeah. Yeah. What does that look like? So I, I think it's really important in the feminine, um, you know, in the feminine priestess school that I'm a part of, we're all about creating an altar or creating a space that, Mm honors this sense of being. Um, so, you know, when we moved to our new home, I went out and I bought a new yoga mat and a really fluffy cushion from winners. And, um, I always light a candle, um, and you, you can go to the dollar store and do this. It doesn't have to be crazy, but just creating some sort of a sacred space because it's a reminder. Oh yeah, this is my time to be mm-hmm. and not do. <laughs> so I think that would be number one. Number two, I always have some sort of a journal. Um, I don't always use it. Some days it's just, it's just sitting literally. It's just sitting. It's, it's meditating. You can turn on. I know you shared with me, you've been doing Deepak's uh, 21 day meditation. If having some sort of guided meditation is what's helpful, 100% do that. Um, but I think it's important to be first before like rushing into a question so I never just sit down first thing and it's like, okay, <laughs> it's sitting in quiet for 10 minutes with my eyes closed, doing a body scan, turning on some sort of guided practice. Some people will pull an angel card or whatever, right? Lighting a candle. Um, prayer is really, really valuable for lots of people. And in fact, in the feminine lineage, what we do is instead of praying, okay, let me say it like this. The world also teaches us to reach up vertical often to a more like masculine model of spirituality. So I'm reaching up here to speak to, you know, God or my intuition or um, the business gods to ask me for a new idea or whatever. Since we're moving to a more seasonal way of life, we if, if spirituality and prayer is a practice for you, we recommend actually praying 
down. So it's this prayer to mother earth. It's this idea of Mm. hold me, guide me. How would you, you know, guide my days? How would you, um, hold me today? If I'm feeling grief or if I'm feeling emotion, how would you show up in my parenting? It's that can be uncomfortable for people, but it's, it's a practice of surrender that really softens our mind's obsession with having to be the creators of our life. Because in seasonal living, we're, we're lifting that, we're giving that up and we're allowing ourselves to be held in the being, which is really hard for people. And from that place, once I feel like I've settled into that place, I may ask a question um, of myself or my business. Like, okay. I, I mean, it's typically just what, what is most important this week, right? Because if you're, if you're, if you're functioning in a business, you've got your theme for the year, you've got what you're doing. Right. And so it's just connecting into a reminder of if this gets done today, great, but all the rest really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's lifting that obsessed part of our mind that, that needs to overdo. Does that make sense? It's like, absolutely. Yeah. And trusting that like, if you are focusing on the most important thing that you don't need to get caught up in the rat race of Instagram reels or stressing about what to write in a caption, like all these little things that in the grand scheme of things, they don't matter, but Mm -hmm. society would tell us in order to run a successful business, you have to be doing so much and like reinventing the wheel every single day versus Mm -hmm. focusing on what matters and honoring the season that you're in, which might not be this high output season. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because you keep talking about this concept of be versus do. And there's Mm -hmm. part of my brain that I can't even grasp the concept of being, I'm I'm doing it well right now, but I'm empathizing for myself and the listener. Who's like, if you're not doing something, but I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, that is, that's the missing link for myself. You can feel it, right? Like, can you you feel feel the truth? You feel it for many people. And this was me for years. I could feel the truth of that in my body. I was like, oh yeah. And I used to honestly think I didn't have a problem with control or like overdoing. And I look back and I laugh so hard. I'm like, Gerilyn, oh my God. (laughs) And so I think laughing at it and having this empathy is, I'm glad Mm -hmm. you brought that up because Mm -hmm. it's really important. It's it's really funny. I just want to like tune you out when you say that. I'm like, B, what? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. So I'd love for you to finish this sentence for me, uh, because we're talking a lot about women in business, female entrepreneurs, uh, women who are maybe coming into a new version of themselves. So when female entrepreneurs run their business while honoring seasonal living, they can what? Um, they can find true peace of mind and peace of body they will stop chasing. They will stop doing all the things they think they have to do. And they will return to the essence of who they are. And for so many of us, I think returning to the essence of who we are is what's going to unlock that next chapter of 100%. growth for us. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's so cool because this is a topic we've never talked about on the podcast before and more and more I find myself leaning into this. So I know that that's kind of the direction I'm having more of these softer side conversations that it's like when we work on, you know, these types of things, we do see growth in all other areas of our life. And it's not about the tactic. It's not about the next tip or strategy or trick that's being talked to us. Um, from so many people, it's really about leaning into more of who we already are and reconnecting with some of these concepts that you've shared today that honestly feel like they've been lost, at least in my 30 some years Mm -hmm. of life. I just, I saw my grandparents maybe living a bit this way, but not my parents' generation. They were more of the workhorse, um, you know, just 
put your head down, don't complain. But it's neat to see these teachings, especially the work that you do, coming back into the forefront and being of more importance for so many of us. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's curious to learn more about seasonal living, to continue to explore these teachings with you or with your offerings, how do they connect with your world and how can they be more involved in the concepts that you've shared today? Yeah, you can subscribe to my newsletter, GeraldinePower.com. I'm on Instagram. I have a fun account where I just share my life with my kids, two blondes plus a brunette. It's my three girls. And um, I'm actually going to be starting this year a woman's temple. So I taught yoga and meditation for years. And I'm just, I'm just ready to, I'm just ready for this next step. Um, I'm really excited about it. So it's a temple devoted to women who want to learn exactly what we've talked about today, how to be before the doing. That's really the the intention of it. So you can follow along and see when I launch that. I do have coaching services up on my website as well. And yeah, that's it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And I will say too, I was just spending some time on your website and I was like, this is so juicy. Like the way that you've just like used fonts and images to showcase to the world what's important to you, what your core values are, and just this incredible energy and the teachings that you're bringing to the world. It's so magnetic. So I would encourage everyone to go into the show notes, check out Gerilyn's work. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show on either iTunes or Spotify. It just takes a second. And if you don't want to rate the show, you could also just take a screenshot of the episode and share it on your social media platform of choice, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode.